Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lay Bear podcast, an audio experience designed to decode leadership and inspire action. Being a forward-thinking leader and game changer, you've tuned in to discover pragmatic tips and hints on leadership from the very best leaders. Each episode is dedicated to sharing pragmatic stories from the field and more importantly, real examples of what successful leaders are actually doing to deliver at pace. With so much to share, let's hand over to your host, Graham Wilson. So welcome, Sarah. Welcome to the show. It's great to be with you. Obviously, I've known you for a long time now. And in our early days, you were obviously very technical and working at Money Supermarket, I think it was, wasn't it, when you, we first met. Thanks so nice. perhaps for, for people who don't know you, would it be worth sharing a little bit? Because your, your journey has been amazing. So it'd be really great to explore a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now. No problem. Um, So I started as a consultant fresh out of university back in 2001. Um, I went and joined um, an automotive finance software house effectively. Um, And I wore many hats. So I started as a developer and found that I I wasn't naturally talented as as a developer. It wasn't my passion. And that sort of held me back a little bit. So I, I quickly moved into the world of testing. And then from there, found a natural affinity with uh, business analysis. And that's where I spent the majority of my early career as as a BA. I thoroughly loved investigating a problem space and and chatting to customers and mapping out how things worked and then changing that into better ways of doing things, whether that be through process or implementing new systems or solutions. I thoroughly enjoyed my time as a BA and I had this consultant cap on. So I would go out to to customer sites all around the world and uh, sort of lead projects of of various complexities within that role. So that was sort of the first eight years of my career, um, working with some big companies, John Deere, Fiat, Toyota, GMAC, very much in that sort of automotive space. Who, uh, who inspired you, Sarah? So during that time, so very technical, obviously, you know, looking at the business, looking at ways to improve. What, who were the leaders that inspired you? Don't need to name names, but what, what is it they were they were doing really that really inspired you? Um, I think it was the the there were a couple of people who really stood out, and it was how they made themselves completely accountable for a piece of work. They owned it from beginning to end and they lived and breathed that particular solution or delivery. Um, And they they really exemplified behaviours that I I witnessed and I I wanted to to copy. Um, And I've always been somebody who's I'm a people watcher. Yeah. I love to watch how other people yeah. behave and interact. And what do they do? What do they do that's different to what I do? And then analyze. Yeah. Um, and, was that, and was then that even yeah, quite often when you've got senior leaders and sponsors and projects, they, they're sort of visible when it's going well. But when, it, when it's not going so well, they sort of disappear, don't they? So I guess what you're yeah. saying is yeah. those people all that that I guess stayed above the line with the accountability and you know, commitment. And exactly. if things were going well, they, they praised the team. But but if things were going wrong, they took accountability to, to make sure they fixed it. Exactly that. And that's something that I really believe in. You know, projects are great when they're going really well. And quite often they don't. And you, yeah. you get into a bit of difficulty and you have to navigate a path through that. And what your team needs is for you to be there, for you to be that guiding light, to show them the way forward, to, to shelter them from 
some of the noise or the drama <laughs> that might be going on elsewhere um, and to show them the way forward. And, and the people that I really looked up to were the ones, as you say, that, that were there in the good and the bad mm. um, and didn't just disappear into the shadows. Yeah. Quite a few of those that I've, yeah. I've seen in my time. And what sort of behaviours did you, did you see them demonstrate that sort of enabled you to connect with them or what, what were they, how were they behaving? They sort of had an awareness of, of people, mm. uh, just people. And, and a, a lot of my, my leadership style comes back to this theme of, of people and relationships. Um, you know, being showing integrity, showing honesty, showing trust in people, empowering other people to, to deliver, and then guiding them and coaching them along that journey. I think one of the most important things that that I saw in, in my time at, at, in my, my first role um, was the, the CEO was a, an incredible man who knew us all individually. Mm-hmm. You know, there were over 100 employees there, but he knew who I was. He know, knew my son's name. He knew my daughter's name. He would come and chat to me. How's it going, Sarah? How's this? And he would give me little pointers along the way, just very mm-hmm. little suggestions um, just to guide me on my journey. And I had so much appreciation for that. And I, I had so much respect for him as well. Just that, that, that moment of his personal time where you were his focus, even though he was running this company with a massive turnover and all yeah. the stresses and, and demands yeah. that were on his time, he cared. Mm. And he made you feel as though he cared about you personally. And that for me was, was incredibly motivating because then I wanted to do my best for him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that, Next time we met in the lift, it was, oh, Sarah, that was a great job. You know, that really sort of spurred me on. Um, yeah. I'm terrible. I, I love praise. <laughs> I'm like a child. I, I sort of grow a foot and, and file. You know, I want that pat on the yeah. head. Um, I, it, it's just yeah. part of my personality. Um, and, you know, he really motivated me because he he did care and if things weren't going so well you know he would ask what support I needed he would never criticize or, or complain it was like so how do we set this straight what do you need do you need more people do you need this do you need that incredibly supportive and I I just felt I got so much from that relationship yeah. and I've tried to exemplify those behaviors in my own career and, and on my journey into leadership fantastic that, that human approach to leadership is it's really what it's all about, isn't it? Really, the care. I like the word that the, you know, use the word care. I think that's so important. Is it? And took the time to get to know you as well. Definitely. Uh, those little, those little, like a little nudges on there, little drops of hints, ideas, and thoughts that make you think that then start to develop you as a, as a person. So he's helping you to develop as a leader, which is fantastic. So after after that role, and so was that a lot of that was contracting, if I remember rightly, wasn't it? You were doing um, no. Uh, the, the beginning of my career wasn't um, okay. I was a permanent employee okay. um, in, my, in my first role for yeah. eight years, which I think is right. the longest okay. I've yeah. stayed anywhere. Wow. Um, and I then moved across the country. So I, I was down south in, uh, in Milton Keynes yeah. and I moved across the country to uh, just outside Chester, where I joined Money Supermarket, which is where we met. Okay. Um, right. And I started there as a, a business analyst in product. Yeah. And then gradually took on more sort of product responsibilities during my four years there. Um, and I did move into the what was very much the IT department. So they had the sort of the um, slightly older structure of there was the business and then there was the IT department. Yeah. Um, and I moved over into IT 
Um, and I, I was a, a BA leading some product initiatives in that space. And it very much, I think because I started my career as, as a developer, I immediately had that ability to understand complex technical projects. And that stayed with me all the way through my career. I, I, I'm now a group head of product at Booking.com and I lead their platform area for car rentals. So incredibly complex technical products. And I, I love that area. I, I love I love that complex nature of having to put all those you know, sort of puzzle pieces, those yeah, jigsaw pieces yeah. together and look at how those different parts of the puzzle interact. And when one's not quite right, how do we make that the perfect fit to give That's us that nice. overall picture? So what um, what did you pick up during that that sort of transition then? So moving across the country into the supermarket, uh, more traditional role, I guess, and then started to move into where you are now. What what sort of things did you did you pick up on that journey in terms of great leadership? Um, at Money Supermarket, it was quite a change to the structure that we had at the consultancy. Um, we went from being incredibly deadline driven, you know, sometimes working through the night, very long hours to more, slightly more stable, nine till five with clear vision and deliverables, yeah. very much product focused, which I hadn't been before. Yeah. I didn't really know what product was when I started at Money Supermarket. It was not right. a concept that, that I knew. Um, you know, my, my career had been very much sort of project based. And this idea of an actual product itself was quite exciting. And in, at Money Supermarket, we had some really strong characters there some who led incredibly well, some who led in a way that I wouldn't repeat myself. <laughs> um, but I think you learn from those experiences absolutely. Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there were certain behaviours that I witnessed that I would never um, look to use myself. And there were some that were incredibly motivating. And also watching people's careers grow around me as well. You know, Money Supermarket was a great place for people to develop their careers and being able to watch those people progress and the skills that they employed and the way that they conducted themselves. I learned a lot about narrative and storytelling and about setting a vision, taking people on a journey, which I hadn't really seen before in my previous right. role. Yeah. So it was great to sort of understand that side of the world yeah. and how yeah. as a leader, it's very much about taking people on a journey. And that's when I really started to understand the concept of you know, being able to set the scene, set that vision, take people on that journey by selling really good stories. Mm -hmm. You know, when you can, particularly with a technical product, it's yeah. dry and, and people, you know, you start talking about APIs and, and integrations. <laughs> and people quite often speak <laughs> off. So being able to tell a really good story and actually, you know, and it is selling it. You know, a lot of what I do, yeah. I feel, is is marketing. You know, why should you care about this new localization service? Yeah, absolutely. You know. It's about how you how you engage people, isn't it? And get them on board, exactly. and, and how you uh, give some technical jargon, I guess, a meaning um, in terms of what value that adds, and how it all links together and join the dots. So it's definitely a, a great skill set. It also applies to to leadership narrative as well, isn't it? About who you are as a leader and being able to talk about your story and your journey and, and where you're from and articulate what, what your expectations are from a leadership role. So all those great storytelling techniques really work from a leadership point of view as well. Not just Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes, they do. Um, so no, I, I, I very much enjoyed my time at Money Supermarket, but after four years, I'd already, I'd always had this um, nagging desire to go and be a contractor 
Um, oh, when I worked at the consultancy, the majority of people there were, were contractors. We right. were doing exactly the same job. I was on about 30,000. They were on considerable <laughs> more. <laughs> uh, and we were doing exactly the same yeah. thing, exactly the same job. So I, I'd always had this desire to go off and, and be an independent contractor. And I think I had all of these hopes and dreams about what that might look like. So I, I, I bit the bullet. And I went contracting for about six years um, on a whole host of different contracts. Some six months, some were two years, um, many, many different places. I was at uh, Auto Trader, JD Williams, um, uh, Stagecoach, and then I ended up at Booking uh, as a contractor. Um, Lots of different cultures then, was it, I suppose, in terms of difference, how they ran the businesses, the values and how they operated? Incredibly so. Yes, incredibly so. It was very interesting to jump from place to place. Um, And although what I was delivering was pretty much the same thing, you know, write user stories, make sure you get the the developers involved, get those delivered, deliver your product. Um, and, And it was interesting because my contracts would always start as a business analyst and would always end up with me being the product manager without right. fail. This was this yeah. pattern that I sort of started to naturally see within my contracts. Um, sometimes within a couple of weeks, that transition yeah. would happen. So that was that was very interesting for me and my self-development and kind of understanding where my career was heading and where my strengths lay, but also being able to work in those very different environments. And they were very different. Um, Some of them were highly agile. Some of them were very, very waterfall. You know, we had, we had extreme examples of both and some were trying to transition and, you know, we saw a lot of fragile we saw. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice concept. I like that, fragile. Yeah. 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 We're, we're tell, doing me that, that. tell me, tell me a little bit more about that because I've heard it mentioned quite a few times, and and, yeah. and uh, I guess it's when agile's not working. I suppose, isn't it really? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so when I say fragile, what I mean by that is where um, companies believe that they're working in an agile fashion because they have user stories and they yeah. have sprints. Yeah. And they are. Um, trying to deliver on a, on a regular frequency. Yeah. But it's con- completely contained within the IT department and within right. team. Yeah, so yeah. there's nothing outside of IT that, that is an agile way of working. So everything else is defined up front in a massive upfront yeah. process. All of your product definition, your vision, everything is set way ahead of time. Yeah. You know exactly what you're delivering before you even talk to IT. Wow. And then there's this exercise of breaking that down into user stories, mm-hmm. um, splitting them into two-week deliverables. Yeah. That's not necessarily a sprint. I went through some awful processes of being sat there with a spreadsheet with a list of user stories. And every week the team would go through this entire spreadsheet and it would be a three-hour meeting of what should we pick up next. And it it was just absolutely awful. Um, And and that was quite an interesting one because as soon as I got involved with, with the IT team and I saw this process... I started to, to influence and change that process. And out came the post-it notes. Yeah. Out came, you know, regular planning sessions. I'm um, trying to break it out from this sort of 
three-hour slog of a session into yeah. small, regular, bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Let's break it down to its smallest element. Let's understand what we're doing. Let's do a story kickoff. Let's do a demo in each story. Let's not wait for two weeks to do our big grand reveal in our sprint demo after two weeks' time. Yeah. Yeah. Shout me when it's ready. Let me come down yeah. and have a look. Let me join yeah. the tester. Let me be involved. You know, let me join all of your, your all of your stand-ups in the morning. Yeah. Um, it was still very much product sat upstairs and yeah. IT sat downstairs and the two wow. didn't really mix. Yeah. So that was... That so was how, did, how did you influence that? Because obviously you know, you've got a, almost like a culture, subcultures, all sorts of strange ways of working going on in an organisation. How, how do you, from a leadership point of view, what, what is it you do to, to influence that? It sounds like you just grab it by the horns and just deliver it and, and make things happen. But what, what is it? What's, yeah. your, what's your approach, do you think? Uh, softly, softly. Okay. Um, yeah. So nobody appreciates the person that comes in and on day two starts yeah. to try and change everything. Absolutely. You know, in, immediately. Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to meet resistance to change if you try and take that approach. So yeah. it's about understanding how the team works today, and do they think it's working well? So all around, sort of influencing by suggestion. So, yeah. you know, what do you, do you think this works well? Do you think there might be a better way of doing this? Have you thought about maybe doing it this way? Yeah. Or could you think maybe we should maybe we could just try it just this week? Why don't we just try a different way of doing it and let's see what we think? And if we yeah. don't like it, not a problem. We'll go back to the three-hour spreadsheet review. Yeah. But you know, I, I've yeah. done this before and it's worked really well. Yeah. And what I liked about contracting was that you had you almost had that immediate respect and that authoritative power that mm. I hadn't necessarily had in my previous roles. Yeah. As a contractor, you're seen as being more experienced and more capable. Now, whether that's real or not is a completely yeah. different question. Yeah. But there is this, this expectation that you know what you're talking about, um, which I found really refreshing. And I, and I really yeah. enjoyed being able to, to go into a team and say, well, yeah. when I was here, we did it this way. Yeah. When I was there, we did it yeah. this way. I think this might work for us. So yeah. shall we? how about we give it a try? And you know, you always you're back to your storytelling, aren't you, Sarah? In terms I am. Of how you influence through uh, through examples and, and and making it familiar and and yeah, exactly that, exactly that. Yes, and finding allies as well, because yeah. not everybody's going to jump on board straight away. So you need allies within the team that you've already had a conversation yeah. with. You know, maybe taking them for a coffee, maybe gone for lunch. You, yeah. You're getting to know your team, know the individuals, understand their motivations. And also what frustrates them so yeah. that you're immediately helping other people within the team by understanding where are their pain points. You know, your product isn't necessarily just the thing that you're delivering. It's, it's also your team. Yeah. So how do you help those people within the teams and allow them to achieve their own goals through the process of delivering your product? And I'm really passionate about that, actually. I love seeing people grow and succeed and change and, and build their confidence as well. It's often a bit that's forgotten, isn't it? I always say that, yeah, making the people stuff deliverable is almost like makes it things you have to do. So mm -hmm. that sort of little tweak, isn't it? Saying, well, actually, these are things that, that should be happening within the project anyway. Or, yeah, so that people bit is, is key, I guess, yeah. Absolutely. Um and, and different teams work in different ways. So I now manage three different teams within the platform space. Yeah. And each one of those teams has a different personality and is obviously made up of different personalities as well. Okay. The way that I interact with those three teams differs 
based yeah. on the personality of the team. So I have one team that likes me to sort of disappear a bit and they like to crack on and then they like to impress yeah. me almost with a, a big fan affair. Look, Sarah, look what we did, you know. No, they, okay. they, they, yeah. they love that grand reveal and a showcase and then yeah. praise or, you know, yeah. the odd little pointer yeah. on the way. Yeah. But they like to they like to be self-contained. They like yeah. to solve the problem themselves. Okay. Another one of my teams is highly collaborative. So they like me to be involved all the time. They like to check in with me. They like to just validate like requirements on the fly. We get our principal involved heavily within that team. They want to be a center of excellence. They want to set an example for the whole of the company. They want their products to be the best possible products that they can be. And they're also a highly critical team as well. So if one of our products within that team fails, the yeah. website goes down. So we're a highly critical team. So they're very collaborative in nature. So the way that I work with that team is very, very different to my sort of self-contained team that wants to do their grand reveal. So it's very much around the personalities of my teams. Mm-hmm. And then I have another team that's made up very much of senior developers. They're very design-led. Um, they work far more in the front-end space. And they love to work with developers directly. So the majority of our customers are the developers themselves within yeah car rental space and that team like to embed themselves within the teams they like to run user groups they don't want somebody in between them and the customer they want to interact so then it's just a case of sort of facilitating that team and those sessions make sure they're happening listening to their ideas getting them to play them back getting them to tell me well the value of doing this is this and then we talk about how we might prioritize that work so although I've got three teams. They operate very, very differently based on the individual's personalities and then the personality of the team themselves. So it's a lot of flexibility comes into play in terms of how I lead those teams. It's um, I, I love it. I find it really fascinating. How did you How did you find out the personalities of those teams? Is it something that you just observed, or did you ask them, or what, what was it? How did you come up with those? Because that's a classic example, isn't it? Of of leadership and adjusting your style based on the context you're actually in and the area you're leading. So how did that evolve? How did you, how did you determine that? Um, primarily through observation. So yeah. one of the teams I'd actually worked in as a, as a product manager for yeah. quite yeah. some time anyway. Yeah. Um, so I was very familiar with, with the team members. You know, we, we, yeah. we spent every day together working on, on different products that we were delivering. Um, so I knew that team very, very well. And then my yeah. other two teams have, have onboarded subsequently. So for those two teams, it's been around observing how they work, um, getting involved in, in various stages. So yeah. you know, making sure that we do planning together, um, we don't we don't necessarily do sprints in our teams at yeah. booking. It's, it's based on a team by team basis and their yeah. own defined ways of working. But I'd make sure that I was involved in all of their ceremonies. Um, quite often those were being led by their own product managers, but I would go and get involved and, and just yeah. sort of observe and, and chip in. And yeah. I also like to be quite lighthearted as well. So make sure that there's a bit of conversation and that we're, we're, we're chatting. So I always yeah. try and incorporate sort of five minutes of chat. Particularly yeah. on a Monday, how was your weekend? What did you get up to? What was cool yeah. about your weekend? That, you know, getting to actually know the people and, yeah. and, and what they're into and what they've been up to and then referring back to that later. Um, you know, so very much try, trying to get involved on the sidelines, observing and then gradually shaping over time. But yeah. again, you know, it's it's not a crowbar. 
It's yeah. not going in there yeah. and saying, I know the best way. Yeah. Um, and I, I see examples of that all the time. You know, mm. you, you onboard people, they come in, they want to share their value. They immediately start coming up with, you know, with, with suggestions of how they can completely change things. Yeah. And for me, yeah. that's, you know, you need to take people on a journey. You need to observe, yeah. you need to understand, yeah. you know, the team might be working incredibly well. How would you know if you've only been there a day? Yeah. You know, it's not about you as an individual. It's about the team. Absolutely. I think that, that's a, a, a great approach in it too. I think a lot of people make that mistake. They go, okay, well, that worked in that company or that worked with that team. So that's now my model of success. So mm. if I repeat that everywhere, it's going to work. And it doesn't, does it? You have to... Mm. Look at the context, as you say, listen, understand, find out what, what they want as well and what they need, and then work with them you know, through a, an informal way, I guess, in it, to create this way of working that, that really works for them and, and, and the approach that, that they need. And I think I think it's one of those misnomers that we're all taught on with that we uh, we should treat people the way that we want to be treated, but actually, you know, we need to treat people the way that they want to be treated. So Absolutely. You know, you've got to find out, yes. find that out. And, and you can do that by building relationships, can't you, and building trust and getting to know them and, and getting them to, to be open and honest as well, isn't it, as well, in terms of a lot of people, until you've built that trust or relationship, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, particularly in a, a product and a, a pro- project environment, is a lot of people will spend so much time on the deliverables, won't they, rather than actually spending time on the relationships first and build those relationships, and then you can put on, your foot on accelerator. So I think that approach that you're taking is, is, is really right in, it, in the context you're in. So, so what would you, you know, if, if someone was, you know, I don't know, you're a mentor for someone to be a leader in today's world, what would, what would be your advice? What sort of be the, the golden nuggets that, that you would share with someone to say, well, if you do this, you're going to be successful? Yeah, I think it starts with get to know your teams, yeah. get to know the people, um, build yourself a, a team of leads around you. Um, I have a very strong team of leads and we have a stand-up every single day and we talk about what's going on in the teams and we are very open and honest with each other and I think that's really key as well. We take time to chat, so we, we take time yeah. to, to know each other and, and how we work together. We're very honest, we have a lot of trust in each other um, and you know, with that team around me, I can take all three teams in the direction yeah. that we need to be traveling in. Yeah. And I know that I can ask any one of those individuals within my leads team and what I've asked for will be done and it will be yeah. done to the yeah. best of their abilities. And I have complete yeah. another tr- utter trust in my team of leads. So it's around surrounding yourself with those people that, that you have those really good, strong relationships with mm. creating that sort of ethos. So, you know, yeah. what, what is the culture of our team? And, and yeah. for, your, for your team of leads, you kind of need to define that. You know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? So it's not just what the, the vision for your product. It's yeah. also the vision for the team and the principles yeah. that you work within with yeah. your teams. And, and we set that and we review that on a regular basis as well. You know, is this working? Are these the right yeah. principles yeah. That we want to be aiming for? Yeah. Do we need to tweak them? Yeah. So it's about that constant feedback cycle. You know, we talk about agile delivery. A part yeah. of all of that is around iteration. It's the same with your leadership style. What's uh, right? Yeah. What isn't it? You, yeah. know, you have to go back and review. Yeah. And, you know, when, when deadlines are hitting and it gets really busy, the first thing that goes is that iterative feedback yeah. cycle. But yeah. it's so important. Yeah. Probably more important than to do it, isn't it, when you're busy, I guess. But that's, I often see that, you know, as you know, we've lots of teams and it's like, yeah, 
that's great, Grim. We haven't got time for that. We need to deliver stuff, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, actually, if you spend time having it, because a lot of it is informal, isn't it? It's, it's through conversations, through great dialogue, through discussion, showing you care, which you mentioned before, is something that you really value. And you actually, you know, you care about these people, so you want them to be the best they can be. So, you know, reviewing that and, and, and learning from that is so important going forward. Mm, yes. And I think, you know, celebrating the successes as well for me is really important as yeah. well. Um, whether that means contributing to somebody's promotion or whether that's, you know, yeah. we have a, a weekly showcase for the whole of car rentals. There's about 120 people that join that yeah. call every Friday. Obviously, we're working from home at the moment. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, a video, video conference call. Yeah. And I get my teams to showcase what they've done. And, you know, we shout out the successes. So if one particular person has contributed a lot, you know, or, or really yeah. showing themselves to, to you know, have, have really succeeded on that particular thing, yeah. I'll shout it out or I'll make sure that the product directors do or the senior product director does yeah. so that they're getting that sense of being seen by yeah. you know, the, the product yeah. directors or the engineering directors. They're getting that pat on the back. And that could be at an individual level or that could be a team level. Um, the other things I've done in the past um, in terms of trying to make sure my teams are, are really highly motivated is, yeah. you know, obviously if we're in the office, it would be, you know, your tray of donuts or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, sort of making sure that they, they know that they're appreciated. Yeah. Or if, if things are going not yeah. so well you know we talk about celebrating successes but actually we also need to motivate people yeah. when things are hard yeah. and I think sometimes it's easy to forget that you get a bit yeah. drop bogged down in the detail you get yeah. drawn into the difficulties yeah. but that's when your team also needs you the most Absolutely. They need you to, yeah. to guide them out yeah. of, of whatever the issue is um, yeah. and I think you know that's when the little things make a huge difference mm. um, and we hit this in lockdown we were on a a cookie management program of work it was six months it was not particularly exciting it was a compliance piece it wasn't particularly technically complex it was what my team would term grunt work and they yeah. hated it got to be done um, though yeah exactly it had to be done you know massive fines if, if we didn't yeah. work um but it was a, a really long slog yeah. um and it was working on our old legacy website for, all right Part of it was 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 on the legacy website. Part of it was on the new platform website, and you know you could see the motivation levels mm, going through yeah. the floor, and you could see, you know, we have daily retros in our teams, mm. and you could see the general trend was heading towards more of a negative slant. So you could, you could see that things weren't going so well. Um, so myself and the senior engineering manager, we made them all a goodie bag. Yeah. Um, it, it was cookie management, so I made a load of, of cookie monster cupcakes. Yeah, we bought mini cookies, the Maryland yeah. cookies, <laughs> ice gems, you know, a couple yeah. of sweets in there, yeah. little goodie bag, and we delivered them to every single person's house. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. It took a whole day, but yeah. um, the, 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 the response to that was massive, yeah. absolutely massive. Yeah. People felt cared for, people felt rewarded for the job that they'd been doing. It was hard, it was horrible, we hated it, but... Mm we feel rewarded for, for yeah. getting on with yeah. it and cracking on with it. And the sentiment in the daily retros started to yeah. have a positive side. Our velocity was better. You know, you could really see the effect yeah. of doing something really, really small. Yeah. yeah. The effect of that was massive. So it's, it, you know, again, it's all coming down to that, that caring, yeah. that inspiring, yeah. that motivating. People. Yeah. Yeah. 
Isn't it? It's about it's about that balance. Obviously, you could get you could get stuff done, but fundamentally, it's through people, isn't it? So, yes. how do I connect with people? Make it more human. Make it enjoyable. Make it fun. Yeah, help help them. You know, feel inspired and want to work for you. Even doing the hard stuff, yeah, as you say. Um, and as you say, those little tiny things can make a massive difference in, in what you're doing. I have to think of leadership is you know you can go away on MBAs, can't you? Learn all this this strategy stuff and technical stuff and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's often the little things that make all the difference. Yeah, the yeah, yeah the the bag of cookies that that create that goodwill, don't they? Which is which is great, and it yeah. just shows that you understand the situation, you understand it's tough. You understand it's probably work they don't want to do, but it's got to be done. And you know what? We care for you. So here's here's some some recognition and a bit of value to, to help you to get through the, the difficult times. And as you said, that's when as leaders you need to step up, isn't it? And, and show that you, you really care. Mm. You know, I always think when I work with athletes, they always say that unless they can see the coach cares for them, they won't listen to the coach. And I think that's really, really fascinating. You know, the yeah. fact that they won't connect with them. Same, same in business and leadership. If, if they, they don't think you care for them they're, they're not going to be the best are they so the stuff you do there is, is cool and, and you mentioned there about i think some really good insights there isn't it, around yeah making sure you've got a, a set of team principles or a team way of working as well as the project plan i think that's mm. often um, missed isn't it there's there's clearly a project plan you know and a change plan in place and all that sort of stuff but then then it's not okay so how are we going to deliver this as a team and, and having gone through that process of defining the key principles and ways of working and processy stuff and you know how we're going to do this 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 project stuff so i think that's that's really 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 insightful i'm sure we could talk for hours and hours i've just noticed the time now i just realized how quick that had gone <laughs> we could talk for, for hours there couldn't we sarah in terms of that journey what's what's next for you then what's what's your next next step then what's your next plans you know i guess you're busy doing stuff at the moment I am, yes. So we are, um, we've, we've been doing a, a big uh, web replatforming exercise for a couple of years. It's been a massive, massive programme of work. Yeah. Um, and we're now looking at our our white labels. So for me, I need to see that through. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I want to see that be a success um, yeah. and, and rolled out across all of the different, yeah. um, you know, booking car rental yeah. products and beyond. Um we have a very uh, vertical focus at booking. So I'm very much within car rental, but a lot of my products could be used cross vertical. So I'd love to drive forwards and, and see my products be adopted yeah. in, in other verticals and how the challenge of how do we manage that and all of the, the yeah. priorities yeah. that could be very, very interesting. Um, and then I don't know, I guess we'll see where yes, my journey takes me uh, we, we talk a lot with uh, Alicia about legacy and about you know, what's your legacy. And I remember coaching a guy and he was driving around Manchester actually and he's a big construction guy and he's getting ready for a time and he's going, oh yeah, I built this and I was involved in this and I did this and I thought, wow, imagine sharing that with your grandchildren, the fact that you did this and this and this and this. What a great legacy. I think that's, you know, from what you said there, there's, there's things you need to do, yeah, isn't there, and, and leave your legacy. How would, how would you, if we finish on this question, I guess, what... How would you like other people to describe you as a leader? What would you want them to say about you? I would love people to remember working with me and be able to reflect on that and a change that that made, whether that be to their role or their direction or towards a more positive outlook. I, I, you know, Whatever that change is, I would like it to be that I inspired positive change 
uh, in their life, whether that be work or personal, um, but to have made a difference. That sounds like a cliche, but... Um, it's true though, you know, isn't it? It is about that impact, isn't it? It is. And, you know, as, as you know, it's I have my day job and then I have my volunteer job. And again, yeah. it's exactly the same thing. Um, in that area it's about making a difference that's what I'm really passionate about and and that's what I'd like my legacy to be wow fantastic thank you Sarah lots and lots of insights there thank you for your time I know you're a very busy lady but it's been wonderful as always and good to see you again good to hear your voice and uh, thank you very much for your time very welcome thank you a big thank you for listening to the Leadership Play Bear podcast with me Graham Wilson for more information on our guest leader And to find out how we can support you, check out the links in the description and look out for our next Leadership podcast. Remember, Leadership is all about taking action. Make sure you connect and apply the lessons learned. Have fun and bye for now.